It is Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. This is another playoff edition of Baseball Today presented to you by SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Froze, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Boy, oh boy, the playoffs have been unbelievable. And to help celebrate them, SeatGeek, the official ticket marketplace of Major League Baseball, is giving everybody 10% off your next purchase if you use the code JOHNBOYPOSTSEASON. Now, if you already used a code at SeatGeek, you say, I'm not eligible. That's not true. Doesn't matter whether you're buying for the first time or a return customer. Download the SeatGeek app. Use that code JOHNBOYPOSTSEASON. You're going to get 10% off. You don't have to use it for the playoff tickets. If you don't want them, you can use them for NFL, college football, upcoming NBA, NHL's getting started, concerts, whatever. Just enjoy, which is something we have been doing throughout the baseball playoffs because, dude, we start off with a tip of the cap. The game at Truist Park was unreal, and I love the shot of Michael Harris and Orlando Arcia after Riley's homer. I mean, that like they were fans. I mean, at that point, it's like we have our season extended. That's that's all that was right there was we were about to go home, go down 2-0. You know how hard it's going to be uh, to continue playing baseball. Uh, you know, they don't want to go on vacation yet, and Austin Riley steps up, puts him ahead. Obviously, we know what happened at the end of the game, but that's, that, that's what that is. That's saying we get to play more baseball, and it's awesome to see two guys like that's. That's the game. That's yeah. the game right there, man. It was beautiful. I agree, Chris. So that's the way it looked. Here's the way it sounded, starting up at the bottom of the eighth, and then the final out. Brian Anderson on the call. Here he comes. Riley in the air to left field. On the run, Marsh. There it goes. Austin Riley has given the Braves the lead in the eighth. He deals a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to first. It's over. It's over. First of all, Brian Anderson should win an Emmy just for those two clips. He was unbelievable and on it last night. I love TBS's announcers for the most part. Uh, I usually don't like the way they cut baseball. They're all over the place. They missed the Cunha running home, all sorts of stuff. But the shot of the drone and the fireworks right after the home run was almost like I was watching a movie. No, they did a great job. And I mean, the game was a movie, Chris. The game was a movie. It got, had twists and turns and fireworks, explosions. The crowd was nuts. Apparently there was a you know, they got on the seismic chart, which I don't know if I believe. Everyone says that. Every city's like, <laughs> we got an earthquake because right. we're so loud. I'm like, I don't know if that's true, but by the way, uh, I think no, that started I think that started with Beast Mode and his run against yeah, the Saints Seattle in the playoffs up in Seattle. And now everybody for every big moment. Look, everybody we shook the ground. Hey, for people that live in LA, don't joke about that shit. Like <laughs> we're not gonna just do that with a sporting event because we live that each and every day. Um so do you think that last three innings turned the series toward the Braves? Or is this kind of a one-off game that will live on its own? I think it turned it more towards the Braves. I don't think now they're they're the favorites and this momentum is going to carry. It, it could. Obviously, they're going to try to draw off that. But really what it comes down to is they're still in the series. And now it's a three-game series, two games in Philly. So you tell me if that makes it 
Atlanta's series to lose. I don't, I still don't think so. I think this is a very evenly matched series. In fact, I don't even know who I would favor going forward. It's mm. it's a difficult uh, decision to make because, like I said, you have the two home games for Philadelphia, uh, but at the same time, you got an Atlanta team that, you know, they're hungry now. They got the taste. They didn't. They were getting beat by the Phillies, and it was Whoops. same old song and dance. Oh no, it's going to happen again this year. The things that we talked about on this show. You know, does Philly have their number in the postseason? I guarantee in the fifth inning right there when it was 4 nothing, the Braves were like, shit, not again. But then you have the Trey Turner error that I think that was probably the biggest play of the game because it allowed them to – they felt what it was like to score a run in that game. Once you have that feeling, okay, like we can do this. Like uh, being down by three is a lot different than being down by four. And then you have the Darno homer and – it just that play right there, because it still would have been, would have been what, four second nothing. and third two yeah. outs. Yeah, it would have four been. nothing second and third two outs. They still had to get somebody out. Yeah, but it, that play right there allowed Atlanta to to breathe a little bit, and then we saw what happened the rest of the game. Yeah, that was an enormous play. I don't think anybody's talking about because the Braves, the almighty Braves offense, which we have been comparing statistically to the twenty seven Yankees. I mean, the 27 Yankees, we use that for everything because it's a baseball cliche. We actually had a team that could mirror them and best them in a lot of things. Um, they had been shut out through 14 innings, and Wheeler just looked ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, it almost was a video game-esque. And Turner, I guarantee if you ask him right now if he had to do it all over again, he wouldn't have tried to backhand that ball. He would have gotten in front of it, right? Protected yeah. it. You either get in front of it and chest it up, or you back up, get your get your butt back there and take the long hop. It's 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 a play that I I honestly I hate saying this about Trey Turner because I I think he's my second favorite player in the big leagues. I think uh-huh. I have Longo and then him. Uh, it was lackadaisical. Was well, but he'll tell you that. You yeah. know, this isn't anything. We're not saying anything that's out of turn here. He knows that. What what did what do I always say at the beginning of the playoffs? Every 90 feet matters. Every 90 feet. And he cost his team not only 90 feet, but the first run. And you're right. It gave them hope. Now, as far as the rest of the stuff went, um, the Riley homer, he had Riley down 1-2 and couldn't put him away. And throughout the series, Philly's been great at putting Riley away. He just hasn't been it. And at first, when the ball was hit, did you know it was a homer the minute it left the bat? You did? I got faked out on the camera angle. I couldn't it was ba- quite tell. Barrel- it was barreled, and the and the angle was good. So if Austin yeah. Riley barrels the ball and, and gets it within that, you know, 25 to 35-degree launch angle, it's gone. And then, you know, I, I heard Bryce Harper after the game. He He said like three times Michael made a great play, which he did. Man, Bryce made a bad, bad play. Just horrible. And for a guy whose I baseball IQ is off the charts, that was that's what was so shocking. When when Brian Anderson said Harper's around second, I was like, what? How is he around second? Yeah, there's honestly there's no defending to play. And I know Bryce came and said maybe I shouldn't have went past second base. Yeah, you shouldn't have. And uh-huh. dude, it was a it was a mistake. It wasn't Dude. playing the game aggressive. It wasn't any of that. It was a mistake. 
100% you can't do that base running 101 type stuff. Like you just can't do it. There's no reason for you to be around like that. What? So you can score standing up instead of having to slide into home. Like you get to second base and you stand there and you wait to see what happens. That's it. That is it. And it's not even like it's a, a, a play that you have to think about. You learn that from day one, you get to second base, see what happens. Worst case scenario, you're second and third with one out. Bryson Stott coming up. They walk and Brandon Marsh is up. Whatever. You can't, especially with the way that Michael Harris goes and gets it, you have to understand that, like, dude, like he, there's a chance he's going to catch it. Yeah. So get on second base. If he catches it, then you're back at first base. Everything's fine. But yeah, for him to go past the base was just an incredible, incredible mistake. And obviously, I think we're, on tomorrow's show, we're going to break down kind of what this means a lot more for Atlanta. The ability to bring that momentum from one city to another, have an off day. Will it work? Have they kind of solved whatever offensive issues they had in the first one and two thirds of this series? Um, but man, if you're now, I, I want to ask you this as a ball player, as a fan, if I were a Philly fan today, I don't know if I would be able to get out of bed because we were this close to having the best team in baseball down. Oh, two Wheeler just mowed through them. So they would have to have the prospects of not only winning three straight, two in our yard, but then having to beat the guy that they couldn't barrel up for the first five innings. But now you're like, Jesus, how did we freaking lose that game? Do players, because this is the sport you live in and you play every day, how long does it take to wash away? I mean, quickly, because you learn, you have the ability to do that. You, It's a learned ability to be able to put bad things, bad memories, bad games, bad at-bats in the past. What Tori Hunter said, that's you got to have amnesia in this game. Like you got to just forget those things. So it's going to go quickly and you get to go home and that crowd's going to be rocking mm-hmm. and everything's in. It's just now let's go win some baseball games. I got a lot of people in our chat saying that they think Harper made the right play. You guys are wrong. I'm sorry. No way. It's and, indefensible. And it, no, it is. It is. Um, it doesn't matter if he scores or not, if he drops the ball, first of all, it depends on the carom. If my, wherever that ball goes, he could have easily scored. Or if it goes right back to him again, worst case scenario, you're second and third one out. Huh? There's no, there's, there is no defending the base running right there. There right. isn't. And I don't care if you say, Oh, if he would have dropped it, we would have been saying he made a, a great aggressive basically running play. No, we would have said that was risky. Thank God it worked out because if Michael Harris catches the ball, it's a double play. That's what we would have been saying. So I, I there's no defending that. I can't. People are usually mad at me that I'm too nice to players. Now I'm finally saying something, and now they're mad at me again. I can't win. All right. Um, let's move on to the other series. Arizona jumped on yet another Dodger starter as Bobby Miller did not make it out of the second inning. Diamondbacks have shocked the world. They are up 2 nothing. They are a win away from the NLCS. What is the most surprising thing about the results so far? That I uh, the Dodgers have been outplayed. Like it hasn't even been close. Like that's mm-hmm. that's surprising to me. That they are like legit getting outslugged, um, outpitched, uh, out every sense of 
the, the game, they're getting outplayed. If you look at the top four hitters, I just did this on, on talking baseball. Look at the top four hitters uh, that Arizona's running out there. And look at the top four hitters, the Dodgers are running out there and the stats are bad. I know it's two games people. I, I understand that, but they're the only two games that we have. If, if that Dodgers top of the lineup isn't producing, they don't have the lineup depth um, that like people necessarily think that they do. So if the, if, if Freddie and, and Mookie and, and Will Smith aren't aren't producing the way that they have to be, it's going to be a, a long one for the Dodgers. And, and and right now it's set up to be that way. So I think that to me, yeah, they're just they're they're getting outplayed. I mean, the Diamondbacks had four stolen bases last night. They're playing the game. They're moving runners. They're playing defense. They're turning double plays when they have to. Um, Lavello is like kind of making smart pitching changes or so. I mean, they worked out at least. Um, you could debate some of them, but I, I think that's it. They're just they're le- legitimately getting outplayed by Arizona right now. Like they they look like the worst team in this series. Well, to me, um, game one, I'm going to put over here. They took it to Kershaw, and the Dodgers never had a shot after the first inning. They just didn't. What did I tell you on yesterday's show? I said, Bobby Miller has got to have a clean inning. And once again, didn't have a clean inning. In fact, he gave up a run before he got an out and didn't make it. Their starting pitchers have pitched a combined two innings. Two out of the 18 innings so far. Nine. (laughs) It's insane. So... Good for Arizona. It's why I said a couple days ago that Corbin Carroll has been the best player in the playoffs and everybody's like, uh, Evan Carter would like a word with you. Evan Carter's been phenomenal. Evan Carter is not the key to Texas's offense. It is Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Those are the two guys that have got to get going if they want to get to the promised land. Simeon hasn't done much. Seager has. We'll talk about that in a moment. Corbin Carroll is the dude. He is the dude, and the team that is preparing to face him knows it, and they still can't keep him off the bases. He's done a remarkable job. But to me, the most surprising thing is that the Arizona Diamondbacks won last night's game because that's not a game that they win in June. Zach Gallen probably, according to Lavello, he would have had a longer leash if the game had been played in the summer instead of in October. He said, but this is the way the games are managed. So I went to my bullpen to get the last... How many outs? 11 outs. And Sal Frank, who wasn't up till late in the season, couldn't have helped him in the middle of the year. Seawald, who closed the game, couldn't have helped him. Thompson, who was gift-wrapped by Tampa Bay when they released him, couldn't have helped him. Ginkle's been really good all year. But the rest of those guys weren't around. And we talked about Arizona being a really good team in the middle of the year, and we were like, but how good could they be if they don't fix that bullpen? Some of it, they kind of lucked into. And some of it, Mike Hazen, who just got extended, went out and made some deals. And it has paid off handsomely. Because I didn't think that the Diamondbacks could have won that close a game without um, Gallon going seven innings. Can we stop talking about bullpens now during the regular season, getting ready for the postseason? I think it's been shown. Like, Mm -hmm. you you just... Get a bunch of guys with stuff there. It's nice if you have someone you can rely on 100% in the back, like Seawald has been great for them. Get you a closer that you feel comfortable with. But the most important part is get guys, you know, with swing and miss stuff that have, that can get outs in different ways. And then you kind of just have to see where it all ends up, see who's hot at the end of the year. We're seeing it all throughout the playoffs. 
Guys who you think would be in the games at this time, high leverage guys during the regular season, aren't in there. Guys that were up for 10 games, three games. Look at Kirkring for the Phillies. Like it, it, it comes into shape at the end of the season and it's how your manager deploys it. So I, I just want to make that point, but uh, this is snakes, man. They look, they look like they're playing new age, fundamentally sound yeah. baseball. And if you put a guy like Corbin Carroll on base at a 600 clip, yeah, you're going it. to lose a lot because he's going to take the extra base and they're going to score runs and them coming out and getting a 6-0 lead or whatever the heck it was. And then a 3-0 lead. I've been there. It's difficult for the Dodgers that put so much pressure on your offense. Totally. I think we're seeing that. Yeah, I actually think it'll be good for them to hit first in the next game. But we'll see how that goes. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Now I want to talk about a new member of the Baseball Today family. Mova Globes. They make rotating globes that are constantly in motion. They are powered by ambient light. So you could just put it like on the shelf like Ploof's got behind him. Point point to where it is. I did. It's right, there. right there. Okay, good. good. Hidden magnets actually provide movement. So what does that mean? There's no batteries. There's no plug-in cord that's messy and ugly. You just put it in there, and it's soothing. Like, I have sat and stared at this thing for 10 minutes straight true, right after it. I got it. it. Yeah. So it's available in over 40 designs, and that includes sports. It's got world maps, outer space, famous artwork, etc. And it's the official MLB partner. So MOVA is proud to present this unique baseball memorabilia. It's perfect for both classic baseball collectible enthusiasts and devoted fans. So right now, you got a half dozen teams. they got the Dodgers, Cubs, Giants. Astros, Red Sox, and Yankees. That's what's available now, but all 30 teams are coming next season. So if you want to wait it out, that's cool. But right now, enjoy 10% off all officially licensed MLB MOBA globes when you use the code BT10. That is BT10. Go order your globes right now with the link in the description. Enjoy. It is soothing. Yeah, these are good little presents, man. I think they're really cool. Maybe I hey, Mova, a couple things. Let's get some good teams like the Snakes and the Twins. Or <laughs> how about a baseball today one? Ooh, mugs on it, huh? Spin around, oh my god, and then you spin around, get you. Maybe that producer Dan. Awful. I don't know. That is a thought. I I smell a collab globe with Mova. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's jump over to the American League, which is back after a travel day. Texas looking to move on to the ALCS for the first time in a dozen years. Series now shifts to Arlington. It's Eovaldi against Kramer in this one. Does it feel over? And if not, where can the O's make some headway today? It kind of feels over to me. I mean, we know the statistics. You go down 2-0, it's, it's unlikely that you're going to win a five-game set, especially when you lose the first two at home. So it kind of feels over to me. But, you know, the the Orioles, they've been a great road team. I think the best road team in all of baseball, 52-29 and 29 or something like that, mm -hmm. whatever. the Yeah, so, like, they know how to win on the road. They also don't get swept in three-game sets. They don't go on long losing streaks. We know about the shriekiness of the Rangers, which plays both ways. It's not just they get streaky and get hot. They get streaky and they lose a bunch of games in a row as well. So could that come into play? I think that um, a couple offensive figures need to show up. Uh, Cedric Mullins, uh, Rushman, Rushman hasn't been, they haven't been offensive threats in the first couple games. 
Uh, O'Hearn gets to get in there, which is going to make a difference for them, which is hilarious to think about because all of a sudden we're talking about this guy being like a key cog in a in a the best team in the AL's lineup. Uh, but like offensively, they can get those guys going, and the fact that they played well on the road. I mean, I'm going to give them a chance, Chris. I, I really am. Uh, it all starts obviously with game three. You got to try to get out to an early lead. I think that's very paramount in in these in these games, especially these elimination games. Get out there and put your put your stamp on the game early with some runs. Um, so I I won't say it's over. I won't say it's over, um, but it's a daunting, daunting task. And and those three guys need to step it up offensively if they want to get things done. Yeah, you've covered most of it. Um, I would say, and by the way, Baltimore did jump out to an early lead in game two. They got a 2 nothing lead after the first, and then the avalanche happened in the second inning. And Grayson Rodriguez couldn't get out of there, yes. in part because he's walking the world. And yes. you can't do that against the Texas lineup. I mean, like, Seager has hit very well. He hasn't exploded yet. I mean, that's going to happen when you walk five times in a game. You know, you don't have the opportunity, but he hasn't gone deep in the four playoff games yet. This team hasn't gotten homer hot. They have only four homers so far. So that's the danger for Baltimore is that Texas is putting uh, runs on the board without knocking the ball over the fence at a ridiculous pace, which could be right around the corner. So if I'm Baltimore, I do everything I can to make Nathan Avaldi work. I do everything I can to get him out so that he doesn't throw a pitch in the sixth. I will take continue to take my chances against that Texas bullpen and say that if we're maybe down one going into the sixth, I feel good. I feel good. At least I'm giving myself a shot. So we'll see how that plays out. I do want to mention one other thing. Dean Kramer was the first player ever, first ever Israeli to be drafted in Major League Baseball, I believe in 2015. He has most of his family over in Israel. And he admitted the other day, he said, listen, I'm kind of all over the place right now. And so he is pitching with the heaviest of hearts. I know a lot of athletes deal with stuff every day on a basis. Um, I personally send my thoughts to him and his entire family that's dealing with stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully he is able to lock in and, and do his job and then continue to think about what's going on with a much more important start in the rest of the world. Uh, As for the other series, 1-1, now we're off to Minnesota, and Target Field's going to be insane. Now, Minnesota has its ace going today. It's Sonny Gray against Christian Javier. Do the Twins actually right now have the edge in the ALDS? Don't make me say it. I'm not going to put that out there. Um... Why won't you no, answer I, that I, one? I, I don't think they have the edge. I, I think this is – I'm being serious now. I have no lean either way here. I want the Twins to win, clearly, but I don't – I believe in them, but I also believe in the Astros. We've just seen it time and time again, dude. So even if the Twins go out and they win Sunny Day, which you got to expect them to do. Like, Sunny's been so good. The crowd is going to be electric. Javier hasn't been at his best. Uh, so I, even if the Twins win this one and they go up 2-1, I don't know how confident I am in them to close it out in game four. I really believe this is going really to go five, Chris, and we're going to see a rematch with Pablo Lopez on the mound. Um, that's, based, that's my take. I'm so excited to watch today. I, I can't wait. I think the Twins are in a really nice spot. 
Uh, but this is the Astros, man. Like they're they're the scariest team in the postseason, and there's no doubt about it. So yeah, I, I still to me, even with a three game set, two games at home with your one B ace on the mound, uh, I'm still not like overly confident in this series. And I think that's okay. I think that's how the, the twins fans should uh, treat this and the twins players should treat this. Like that's it's one game at a time right now. So let's then let somebody who doesn't have a dog in the fight answer the question the right way. Yes. Yes. The twins have the edge. That's not going to tell me why. Tell me why. Well, because they have the better pitching matchup in two of the possible three remaining games. Now, I do think that it is a must win for the twins. You don't want to go into. Right. Um. Well, actually, you know what? I don't know if that's accurate. Because tomorrow, the, Verlander won't come back tomorrow. We don't know who's going to throw tomorrow yet, right? So then you're going to give... So if it ends up being Verlander, Pablo Lopez, you're giving the you're giving the nod to Lopez in that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. Fucking okay. I, I think right now I give okay. Pablo Lopez the edge over Justin Verlander. I do. Woo. But let's start with today. Sonny Gray, two starts against the Astros this year, and I understand... He hasn't faced them since the end of May, but in two starts, 13 innings pitched, three earned runs, 16 Ks. The Astros lineup, if you want to do a little deeper dive, has one career homer collectively. The guys that are available in this series, one homer in 131 lifetime at bats against Sonny Gray. He hasn't given up homers at all this year, so yes. I know, but I'm just talking about in his career. Like you thought maybe some guys who have seen him enough would have two Three homers, maybe. Nope. Hasn't happened. And I don't know if they're I don't know if they're going to be able to string together a ton of hits against him. Now, to me, Javier is the X factor here because he did not have a good season at all. And I thought this was maybe the year that he would take off in the regular season and possibly get some Cy Young votes. That didn't happen. But he has made two career playoff starts. He has pitched eleven and a third innings as a starter. He has given up one hit. He has given up. Just think about that for a second. But do you want to give it up? Do you want to re-answer hit. your question then? Because I, no. I'm just so No. No. I, I do think that the twins have a slight edge. Okay, it's slight not edge. a mass. Yes, but it's an edge nonetheless. If I think I'll that, give him a slight edge. I'll give him a slide. I'll 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 that's jump how I see on it. that with you. Just this like this much, bro. Like I can't even yeah. see through it, Edge, but yeah. Sheet of paper okay. edge. I can't wait. I think it's going to be fun. It's the first game of the day. All right, before we get out of here, um, Jeremy Tisdale, who's a Braves fan, sent me a great question last night on X. So I figured, why don't we ask it today on the show? Baseball mojo question. If I watched game one, and he's talking about the Braves series, and we lost, but then didn't watch game two and we won, what does that mean for me the rest of the series? Oh, boy. The age-old question. Do you matter at all? And the answer is no. Watch the game, bro. (laughs) Watch the game. Are you kidding me? Do you think Austin Riley knew you weren't watching the game and that's why you had an incredible last 10 minutes of baseball? No, man. Watch the games. Enjoy it. Have some beers or lemonade if you don't drink. Whatever. Watch the game, man. Come on. I I like you trying to help, though. Yeah, I I will admit that 
for years when particularly like when I was a Browns fan growing up in the eighties, because the then Indians weren't playing in playoff games. I would always wear the same thing. Browns won. I mean, I would wear everything the same socks, pants, same pair of underwear, like the whole thing. So I was one of those. I, I there was there was this one thing and and I, I believe it was on Barstool Sports and I, you know people feel a certain way about that whatever uh there was a playoff game i believe the yankees were in the playoff game and the they were doing a live stream and those the guys that were doing the live stream got like in trouble for work so their punishment was they couldn't watch the game what they did was they had uh, a girl who like didn't know baseball at all didn't know any of the players didn't know how the sport watch she told them what happened she got to watch it and then was explaining to them what happened Funny. and i thought that was awesome so maybe you do something like that but definitely watch the game yeah you know what leave it in our uh leave it in our comment section on the youtube page what do you think about this would you not watch if this was the way things went the first two games i or love would you hashtag watch? anything for the team <laughs> <laughs> that way jeremy good work See, we do like it when you guys get involved. In fact, this week, don't forget about another Seeky question of the week. You have to get it in on our social media channels at Chris Rose Sports by Thursday so we can pick a winner, use it on Friday's show. If you are the winner, you're going to get a $1,000 Seeky credit to use on any sort of tickets out there. And you can bring me and Ploof along for the ride if you want to as well. All right, this was a fun one. We got American League action today. Possibly we've got four games tomorrow. We cannot wait to get it rolling. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented and fasting Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.